The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Thursday, February 1st. Yes, that's right. We have made it to yet another month. First month of 2024 is in the books. Isn't it wild that it's already over? We're into February 1st in the year 2024. This is the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you for the next two hours right here on ESP at 106.7. I am back in the studio. Uh, no Lee Scott today. Uh, I had it on, what, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? No, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then tomorrow. I can't keep up. So much going on with basketball. But I am back um, in the studio today. Big shout-out and thank you to uh, Uncle T-Bone yesterday, Ben Taylor yesterday from News Talk WA&I filling in. I know they talked with Zach Blackerby down from uh, the Senior Bowl, and they did a great job yesterday. I wasn't able to listen to all of it, but I was on the air at the exact same time calling postseason at least got basketball, where the Warriors, uh, boys and girls, uh, both have made to it or made it to the regional finals tomorrow afternoon. Uh, that'll be at Macon East Academy, girls and boys, and they'll both be making it to the Elite Eight next week in the state playoffs and both hosting the Elite Eight in the state playoffs. So yesterday was a big, big day for Lee Scott basketball. That's where I was, and I appreciate those guys helping me out and uh, filling in on the Wednesday edition of the show. But so much to talk about on the show today on this Thursday afternoon. We got Auburn basketball to get to as their win over Vanderbilt last night. We'll kind of talk about that. Some good, some bad, some likes, some dislikes there. Uh, we'll take a look around the SEC and in college basketball. It's been wild so far in the last couple of days. We'll also talk to a couple of fantastic guests as we do every Thursday. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. He will join us uh, coming up at 2.30. Uh, he'll be with us from the Auburn Sports Network. We'll talk about that Auburn basketball game last night, talk a little bit about the women's game tonight as Auburn hosting number one South Carolina inside of Neville Arena, and we'll preview Tiger Talk tonight as well. And then coming up in hour number two, we'll have Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. He joins us every Thursday. He'll have a lot to say about what's going on around the Southeastern Conference. Until those two two guests around those two guests in between those two guests phone lines are open give me a call what's on your mind i missed you guys yesterday it was it was weird not being here i was still working still on the air just wasn't here in the studio so uh give me a call how you feeling on this thursday afternoon 334-321-1390 that's the number to get you through to me your thoughts about Auburn basketball last night taking down vanderbilt in dominant fashion like most people predicted i think um i think most people were pretty confident that Auburn was going to win that game it was just by how much and uh, what was the team going to look like that was sort of the 
the feeling for myself personally going into to the game. But what'd you see? What'd you like? What'd you not like from from the game last night? Give me a call. 334-321-1390. Auburn beats Vanderbilt 81 to 54. Nearly got a 30-point victory at home. Auburn beat them by 15 when they were at Vanderbilt. They come home and beat them by 27. Almost get the 30-piece last night, 81-54. to So many different trends, uh, so many different storylines that we need to, uh, need to discuss about this game. It was nice to see Auburn come home, right? It was nice to see Auburn come home and get a victory after What was a brutal week? It was. It was a two-game road trip in the SEC, and Auburn did not handle themselves well. Auburn went on the road last Wednesday to Alabama, didn't get it done after going down by 14 at the half. Then you backed that up with a chance to rebound and respond against Mississippi State, and you just didn't play well. You just did not play a good basketball game and you went 0 for 2, and you dropped in the AP poll. You dropped a little bit in the metrics and the rankings and all that. And last night was that get-right game. That's, a, that's something we coined it as here was a, a get-right game. Come home, get some confidence again, get a win in the SEC because I don't care who you're playing. Look, I don't care that Vanderbilt's 0-7 in conference play. Getting a win in conference play is hard to do. Ask Vanderbilt, Right. I'm fine with Auburn beating them. I'm, I'm good with Auburn winning the game. They needed a good win. And they can't all be good, right? Not every team in the conference is going to be good. And so you've got to take advantage when you have games like this. And especially when you're coming off that 0-2 road performance and you're going right back on the road this weekend. This is a really tough stretch of games that Auburn's going through and about to be going through because you look at what's coming up for Auburn right after they lost to Alabama after they lost to Mississippi State and they beat Vanderbilt they're going on the road to Ole Miss this weekend a team that they just saw four games ago and beat them at home 82 to 59 that was on a Saturday night then you welcome Alabama into Neville Arena who got a big win last night then you go on the road to Florida before you host South Carolina number 10 Kentucky, at Georgia, at Tennessee, and home for Mississippi State. That's a brutal end to the schedule, on top of Missouri on the road and Georgia at the end of it. That's not an easy finish to conference play. February is about to be really humbling for this Auburn team. And so a game like last night, you've got to take advantage of it. And Auburn did. Auburn scored 81 points at home. I think more impressively, you hold a... SEC Division One level basketball team to 54 total points. And look, it may not have been the prettiest game in the world. And, you know, Auburn was up by 20 or more for a lot of this game, double digits basically the entire time. And it just didn't feel like it. I don't know. It just didn't feel like Auburn was up by almost 30 near the end of it. I mean, Auburn was winning. And I, I would have told you it felt like a 15 to 20 point win. But I don't know. It just didn't feel like Auburn had a chance to go and win 30 or win by 30. But you look at some of the performances from Auburn and you got to be really impressed with what you saw. Jalen Williams came out after disappearing on the road the last two games. Shocker. He came home against a bad team and had a great game, right? It happens when he comes home and plays bad teams. I don't know why it can't happen when he plays good teams. I don't know why it can't happen when he goes on the road. 
But here we are. Jalen Williams, 7 of 9, 3 of 4 from the uh, three-point line, 4 of 6 from the free-throw line, and 21 total points. Had two rebounds, four assists, just one turnover. Jalen had a good game. Jani Broom, he had a good game with 16 points, 7 of 11 from the floor, 2 of 2 from downtown, which that's impressive. And I think that uh, I think that shooting stroke's looking a little bit better for Jani Broom. A lot more confidence in that stroke for him as he has definitely been working on that. Uh, he's got 11 rebounds last night, so a double-double like he should always have, I think, should Jani Broom. Four assists, five blocks as well. So you got to shout that out for Jani Broom. So he had a good game, but Janai hasn't been the problem, right? It's been the inconsistencies of Jalen Williams, and it's really been the lack of consistent guard play for Auburn as well, which is crazy to say with how talented the guard room is. Well, Denver Jones put that to bed last night temporarily. Had his best game as an Auburn Tiger, by far, in my opinion. 6 of 11 from the floor, 4 of 8 from downtown, 3 of 4 from the free throw line, didn't do anything else besides score, but he had 19 points. And you know what? We'll take it all day long. He has one of the cleanest shooting strokes you're going to see. And if he gets in a catch-and-shoot situation with an inch of space, he's got the ability to knock it down. It just hasn't been there all the time. He hit a big shot on Saturday against Mississippi State to kind of give Auburn a chance there at the end. But this was the game we've been waiting on for Denver Jones because he was was an 18-point scorer before he got to Auburn. That's why Auburn and Bruce Pearl brought him in was to be an offensive shooting guard. They just got rid of a shooting guard that didn't score, and we love Zeb Jasper, but he didn't score. Auburn just got rid of that. They were trying to replace that with a guy that can do something with the Rock. And Denver just hasn't done that consistently this year until last night. And it was really, really good to see. Again, it's Van- it is Vanderbilt. We have to remind ourselves of that. But it's still an SEC game. And so, really good to see Denver Jones have a nice night. Interested to how people feel about Trey Donaldson starting over Aiden Holloway. Where do we stand on that? Because this is now a couple of times that Trey Donaldson, the sophomore guard, has started in the game over Aiden Holloway, the freshman guard. And those two did not have a great night scoring last night. Trey Donaldson had two, and Aiden Holloway had one. So your two point guards had three total points. That's not cool. That's not good. That's not a winning recipe in bigger games. Now, I will say this. Trey Donaldson did other things to make up for not scoring, which is what a point guard is supposed to do. Right? He was only one of five from the floor. Didn't shoot it well. But your starting point guard grabbed seven rebounds. He was second on the team in rebounds behind Jani Broom. That's a great problem to have, but it is a problem. Other guys got to go get boards. Trey Donaldson can't have seven rebounds and Jalen Williams have two. Come on now. But that's really good for Trey, and I'm not saying he's. it's not a bad thing that he's getting a lot of rebounds. It's a bad thing that he's the second leading rebounder on the team in the game against Vanderbilt. He also had five assists, two steals as well. So while Trey Donaldson didn't score a whole lot, just had the two points, he did the other things, played good defense, 
And so I'm cool with it. But I think the talking point that everybody's on today and as we get closer to the weekend is what's going on with Aiden Holloway? What's going on with the freshman phenom who, coming out of high school, was one of the best shooters in the country? What's going on with Aiden Holloway who we expected to come in and be just the superstar as a freshman on this team who started out really hot? Think back all the way to that Baylor game in game one. That's probably his best game he's ever played at Auburn. Now, he's very young, he's very talented, and there's a long way to go. But I, I just feel that he's in his own head. And I think the team understands that. I think the coaching staff understands that. And I think Aiden Holloway probably understands that as well. I mean, think about this. Aiden Holloway is a guy that up until this season, he could do whatever he wanted on a basketball floor. Whatever he wanted to do, whatever he wanted, he got. Right? Whatever he threw up had a really good chance of coming down and going in. And it's been that way his whole life because he's just that good. But the same way we talk about in football where I always say, I don't care what level of high school football you play. I don't care if you're in Alabama, Ohio, Texas, Florida, whatever. I don't care how good you are, how good you think you are. There is a jump from high school to SEC Division I college football. It's the same way in college basketball. I know they play more than just high school. They play AAU. They play in the EYBL. They play in everything. They play in so many different travel leagues and all over the country. And Aiden Holloway was, was beating them all. He was better than them all. But there's just something different. When you take that next step to SEC Division I Power Six college basketball. And he is going through a little bit of a freshman slump. And it's going to happen. It happens to most young players. And if you remember, I was talking before the season about Aiden Holloway, and I said, look, he's going to do some things that are going to blow our minds. He's going to do some things that we're like, wow, he should not be able to do that as a freshman. He can hit from the logo if he wants to, and he has before. He can hit the no-look passes behind his head, He can go between the dribble and go around somebody with a spin move in the lane, right? Put a little English on it off the glass. He can do all of that. But he can also have a night like last night where he played 15 minutes. He didn't make a shot. He was 0 for 5. His one point was at the free throw line. Had a few rebounds. Had two assists and one turnover. That's the good thing here. If there is a good thing to talk about, and there is with Aiden Holloway, even in a game and in this this run where he's not shooting the ball well and not scoring, he's not turning it over. He's not hurting you. May not be helping you, but he's not hurting you. And I think there's something to say for that. I think you have to acknowledge that when you talk about Aiden Holloway. He's going to get out of it. He's too good of a shooter not to get out of this. But I think we got to give him a little patience here. And I think you got to give him a little time to, to figure all of this out. And I had the, the opportunity to, to ask Denver Jones last night in the press conference. I said, for somebody like yourself who has a lot of experience in college basketball, who has been around the block a few times and coming off one of your best games, I said, 
What do you and I asked him, I said, what do you say to Aiden Holloway who is not playing well? He's not shooting well. He's in his own head. He's he's hanging his head as he walks down the floor by himself. I said, what do you say to a guy like that? And Denver said, move on to the next play. He said, don't worry about it. He said, you can't let what happens this play, or he said, you can't let what happened last play dictate what happens this play. And you got to move on. He said, they're going to start falling. He said, I'm, I'm confident in that. He said, the whole team is confident in Aiden Holloway that the shots are going to start falling. And I think we should all take that collective approach as well. He's too good for it not. And shooting for a guy like him is streaky at times. Some of the best shooters in the world go through this. But the fact that he's not turning it over a lot, he's not making the wrong plays, he's not miscommunicating, he's not getting, you know, he's not having those bad fouls and bad attitudes as far as we know, right? That's a good sign. That's a really good sign. And he's going to get there. Trey Donaldson went through this last year. Not to this extent, but Trey Donaldson went through this. And look at him. He's playing really good basketball. Aiden Holloway's going to be fine. We got to give it time. And this is a type of guy, even if he doesn't pick it up here down the stretch, he's one shot away. He's one made basket away from turning it on and winning you some games. And guess what? You need a guy like that when you get to March. When you get to the NCAA tournament, Aiden Holloway is a guy that all of a sudden turns it on, figures it out, and comes alive and could be the reason that you get past that second round wall that Auburn has put up for themselves. I think it's going to be fine. And Auburn defeats Vanderbilt 81-54 to last night. We'll talk some more about that coming up after the break, plus taking a look around the SEC, around college basketball. So much more to talk about on the show. Give me a call. 334-321-1390. Back after this on the Thursday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. 334-321-1390. Mark, what's up, man? Happy Thursday. Hey, same to you. One more day for this week. That's right. That's right. We're almost there. Um, Last night was a... I'm not going to say a good win, but it was a win. Mm-hmm. I don't think they played especially well, but they did in spurts, and that just seems to be an Auburn trait. Uh, so looking at everything, there, I'm thinking that there's, what, five more road games to go. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Yeah, at Ole Miss, at Florida, at Georgia, at Tennessee, and at Missouri. Yep, five more. And there's only one that you can feel really confident that is a guarantee, not guarantee, but as as much of a guarantee as you can get win out of those. Mm-hmm. You got to feel good about, you know, you would think Ole Miss that you could play with them because I think we match up really well with them. I agree. But but um, and then the Missouri game. Yeah. And I was looking, and I tried to tell y'all the other day, South Carolina is for real. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I, I mean, they're that out. they're legit, man. I mean, they're one of the best defensive teams in the country. And when they start knocking down shots, man, they are a really, really good team. And the more they go on the road and beat people like Tennessee, 
you better watch out because, you know, surprise teams happen every year. But I was looking at it, you know, if we go if, and this is a big if, if we were to go 9-0 and at home and 5-4, and that's 14-4 and mm-hmm. in the conference. Is that good enough to win? Good enough to win the regular season title? I think so. I think so, yeah. especially with with what's happening right now in the SEC where, I mean, there's just no there's no alpha. I mean, Auburn's not. They were until last week, right? There is no just top-tier one team better than everybody else. And I think you saw that with Kentucky last night, letting Florida come in there and beat them in their own house. Um, I think you see that with Alabama losing to Tennessee. Should have lost to Georgia last night. The dogs blew that. Um, but I just, yeah, I think I think 14-4 and four is a really good target number for Auburn uh, or for any other SEC team to win the regular season title. Yeah, that would mean Bama losing three more games, you know, and considering one of them, that was the assumption that we went all hours, so one of them would be to us. Mm-hmm. That means they would have to lose to Kentucky. You know, I don't know who else they've got on their schedule. But um, yeah, I mean, they've got LSU, A&M, Florida, Kentucky, at Ole Miss, Tennessee at home, at Florida, and they still play Arkansas in that final game of the year, and who knows what the Hogs will do in that game. That's the truth. Hey, uh, changing gears a little bit. When does baseball season start? So baseball season for Auburn, uh, they're they're doing some workouts and everything right now, and it it starts before uh, before you think it does, Mark. With February here, February first today, Auburn baseball their uh, first scheduled game is February sixteenth for Eastern Kentucky. That's a home series uh, at Plainsman Park. Right. That's two weeks. That's what I thought. I thought it was in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all right. Well, have a good night. Yep, appreciate it. Yep, appreciate that, Mark. Thanks so much, man. 334-321-1390. Yeah, baseball. Uh I mean they're they're working out, they're practicing right now. They literally start, yeah, fifteen days from now, February sixteenth against Eastern Kentucky. Isn't that wild? Uh the college baseball will be starting, high school baseball will be starting. Um it it, it if the weather's like it is today, I'm okay. But man, when that sun goes down, it gets so cold. And when that wind starts blowing out there at Plainsman Park, good lord, it gets so freezing out there. But that's how it goes sometimes. And yeah, baseball uh, right around the corner. We'll be talking a lot of baseball on this show when that season comes around. And, and we'll make sure we get Jack Hudden in here, who does a lot of stats for baseball and keeps up with a lot of that. Uh, hoping to get Lindsey Crosby back in here. I uh, would love to do that, you know, consistently like we have in the past, talking Auburn baseball and the Braves. I uh, would love to get that started back up as well so yeah Auburn baseball getting started in just a couple of weeks and to what Mark was talking about on the basketball side of things I think 14 and 4 is a I mean look at the start of the conference season in the SEC if you are if you tell me okay your team whatever you're a fan of your team's going 14 and 4 in the SEC this season sign me up I'll take it right now I mean that is that is a good conference record in the SEC and as I told Mark especially with how the SEC has played out this year look at look at conference records right now you have Alabama at the top at seven and one South Carolina and Auburn are at six and two you have Tennessee Ole Miss and Kentucky and Florida all with five wins Tennessee just has the two losses they played one less game you have Georgia at four and four. So 
You have, how many is that? That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams right now that are 500 or better in conference play. That's tough. That's really tough to do. And you look at Bama, South Carolina, Auburn, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Kentucky, and even Florida all above 500 with every chance in the world to go and get double-digit wins in this conference. And most of those teams, if not all of those teams, all play each other at some point again. Alabama playing Auburn. Auburn hosts South Carolina on the road at Tennessee, on the road at Ole Miss this weekend, hosting Kentucky coming up, playing Florida at Florida. Like, everybody's going to be playing each other a little bit. And so, with that, yeah, I'll take 14-4. and And I absolutely think that's good enough to win the SEC. You'll get that automatic bid to the NCAA tournament, become regular season champs once again, have some fun in the SEC tournament and see where it goes. But this season is far from over. Look at the SEC. Look at other conferences, man. It's a cluster right now around college basketball, and I love it. When we come back, we'll talk to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network about Auburn basketball. We'll get a little baseball knowledge out of him as well, plus previewing Tiger Talk and Auburn women's basketball coming up tonight. We'll have him next on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We are halfway through hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. I'm Jacob Goins with you on this Thursday afternoon. And as we are every single Thursday at 2.30, we've got Brad Law joining us on the phone lines. Brad, happy Thursday, man. I hope you're doing well and uh, it's a busy time as usual. Yeah, for sure, Jacob. We're doing well, and uh, I appreciate you having us on here. Well, we got a lot to cover today. It's, uh, again, just so many things happening around Auburn Athletics. And uh, before we get into uh, results from last night and things coming up tonight and this weekend, uh, the biggest news around Auburn Athletics was the uh, was the news of former Auburn wide receiver Terry Beasley uh, passing away at the age of 73, uh, one of the true legends of, of this program for Auburn football, Brad. No question about it. First 1,000-yard uh, receiver, um, a one of only two in Auburn's history, and um, you know one of only a handful of guys to have their jerseys uh, retired. And, and you can't really say you, you don't think of Pat Sullivan without Terry Beasley, and that's not um, a slight to Pat whatsoever. I mean, I, I think even Pat would say, you know, you can't have Sullivan without Beasley. And, um, you know, time just kind of keeps on rolling on us. And uh, his legacy is is tremendous as a player, as an Auburn representative, and, and certainly a man who devoted a lot of his time to his family and uh, whose family loved him very much. So, um yeah, when you're talking about the Auburn greats, Terry Beasley is in that conversation. Even if a lot of us, like I never saw him play, he would have played during the time that my dad was here mm-hmm. um, on on the team, uh, and I never met him. Um, but you can't talk Auburn football history uh, without talking about Terry Beasley, for sure. 
Yeah, his number 88 is one of three Auburn jerseys that is retired. He was also inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2002. And so, yeah, very uh, very big name in the history of this football program and, and wanted to wanted to, to, to talk about that briefly here while we had you on. And so as we, as we move past that uh, sad piece of news, there was a basketball game last night that was played uh, over in Neville Arena. Auburn basketball back home after going 0-2 on the road, hosting uh, the bottom team in the league, the Vanderbilt Commodores and uh, Auburn was able to bounce back nicely Brad they got a big win by 27 over Vanderbilt yeah uh, Vanderbilt and Missouri right now would be a would, would be a, a, a tough game uh, yeah. I think and, uh, the first half last night I thought Vanderbilt mucked the game up there was no flow whatsoever I mean I think there were 21 fouls called and 24 free throws attempted in the in the first half and then Auburn was able to dictate a little more of the tempo in the second half and was kind of the opposite of the game in Nashville. In Nashville, Auburn got out to the 17-point halftime lead, and they were minus two in the second half, kind of slopped around a little bit at, for stretches. I thought they really dialed in in the second half and flexed when they needed to, and it was a really good bounce-back game. And I thought, Jacob, it was in large part, you know, this team isn't going to have a game where one guy is the story because they're just not built that way. But I thought one of the key pieces last night was Denver Jones looking for his shot. He had 11 field goal attempts last night. And the only other time he had taken double-digit shots in a game was the opener against Baylor where he went 4 of 10 from the floor. Uh, That's the only other time that he has attempted double-digit shots. He had six against Mississippi State, eight against Alabama, four against Ole Miss. Um, You know, I don't think he's had fewer than four uh, in a game all year, but finally last night you saw him take a season-high 11 shots. He was 6 of 11. He was 4 of 8 from 3. Um, so it's the most three-point attempts he's had, the most three-point makes that he's had. He got to the free-throw line four times. Um, you know, didn't didn't have rebounds or assists, but that's okay. His role, he is a scorer. And to be a scorer, you have to be a shooter. And he was a shooter last night and I I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't like if, if that becomes the norm uh, the, the next month as we go through the month of February wouldn't shock me because I think you're you're then leaning on and exposing his skill set as good as he has become at defending um, the guy can score and so set him up to score. Yeah, well, you brought it up right there about his defensive presence, something that uh, BP has brought up a ton uh, recently is is what Denver has become on that side of the floor and been a presence in, in, in the replacement of Zepp Jasper from a year ago. But it is nice to see Denver get a big game offensively because, yeah, he was brought in to be uh, that, scorer, that scorer, right, Brad? And he was an 18-point-a-game guy before he got to Auburn. Yeah, I mean, top scorer in Conference USA, right? And, and now he comes here, and we've talked about the unselfishness of this team, and um, and it's wonderful. And I'm not saying this is in response to losing two games last week. I, you're going to lose games, like it's just going to happen in this league. Champions not going 17 and one, or probably even 16 and two. You're going to lose games. It's a gauntlet. But I think as the team continues to develop on its own. Uh, again, not in response to a, a week on the road in two tough environments, but as you continue to develop your team, you look to expose their strengths and conceal their weaknesses every time out. And if his strength is scoring, and we know that it is, then it just makes sense, especially 
because Janai and Jalen have been so dominant on the inside this year as a tandem, and teams start to sag in the lane and they, they start to give a little more for Auburn's guards, uh, then you got to take advantage of that with a guy who can score explosively the way that Denver is capable of doing. So hopefully last night was a, a precursor of things to come, and you know, as, as teams extend defensively against Denver and others, then it opens it up even more for your bigs on the inside, and, and that's good for everybody. And, and by the way, his defense didn't suffer. If you look at the combination of Tyron Lawrence and yeah. Edward Van John, from, uh, they went three for 19 combined in the ballgame. They scored 17 total points, but that's because Tyron went to the line 11 times. I mean, they, they were a combined 11 of 16 at the free throw line, but just three of 19 from the field. That's doing your job defensively. No doubt about it. And, and you know, one of the, the big talking points was last night after the game and coming into today, we've talked about it here on the show already, is is the is the struggling play of Aiden Holloway, who did not start at point guard last night. It was Trey Donaldson uh, who got that start once again. What do you say on that situation for a freshman who is so talented, can can shoot it from literally anywhere he wants to in the gym, right, according to Bruce Pearl, and we've seen that at times. What do you say about this little stretch of games that Aiden's just kind of been struggling? Yeah, um, I, I don't know in this you know, I, man, if I knew more, I'd be coaching in, instead of just broadcasting the games. But I, I don't think it's uncommon for a freshman to come in. Now, look at Josh Hubbard and what he's doing at Mississippi State. He only started his first game against Auburn on Saturday. He's been coming off the bench. And I think Aiden is such a confident player, and he's so talented and so skilled um, that this stretch of games – you know, seven points against Mississippi State, two against Alabama. Um, now three games in a row, I guess, looking at the stats, he's two for 20 in these last three games. Mm. Now, he still, now he still has seven, uh, excuse me, he still has six assists and seven rebounds and only five turnovers in that stretch. So still a positive assist-to-turnover ratio. And he's getting to the free-throw line a little bit during that span. But I think he's a guy who whose confidence comes from his ability offensively. And so when that is not clicking for him, he struggles a little bit. And this is all part of the learning experience. Aiden has you know, dreams of being a professional player, and uh, he's going to be a professional player. And so this is a part of his development, how to keep working through, how to continue to be confident uh, when you're going through a little bit of a slump. Most, most, if not all, really talented basketball players go through down spells occasionally in their career he's a freshman um he's going to play like it at times and i think that's what we're seeing right now and i don't have a whole lot of doubt that uh that he will break out of that uh because it's not the first time this year that he's gone through a little bit of a dry spell offensively he went 0 for 7 Mm -hmm. against virginia tech and then 2 for 10 against app state in the very next game a combined 2 for 17 um, came back out against Indiana, scored 24 points, uh, knocked down five threes. He hit four threes against USC. So a little bit of up and down. You might you might expect that in a guy's freshman season. And so now we look forward to the up. We're speaking with Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network here on ESPN 106.7. Joins us every Thursday at 2.30 here on the show. Auburn in the midst of a seven-game stretch, Brad, where they're playing just four different opponents. And one of those is Ole Miss. They hosted uh, the Rebels a couple of games ago, 82-59. Auburn got the win on a Saturday night. They now travel 
to Ole Miss on a Saturday night over in Oxford. Uh, your you kind of your breakdown of, of what Auburn's going to see in a game that a lot of people think they match up really well with Ole Miss. Well, they, they certainly did the first time around, and I don't think you can expect the same type of, of thing this time around. I mean, you saw even with Auburn beating Vandy by 15 in the first game, and then by 27 last night, home court makes a big difference. And uh, in the same way that Auburn left Tuscaloosa and Starkville thinking, all right, put up a good fight, wait till we get them in our place. I don't know an Auburn fan that doesn't feel that way, that doesn't come out of those two losses like foaming at the mouth for, right. for those return games. Well, in the same way Ole Miss, I say the same way, it's actually a little bit of a different way because Ole Miss got run out of the gym. They know they're better than that. They know Auburn played one of their best games of the year, and Ole Miss may not have played their best game at our place. And now their students are bought in. They're just coming off of their biggest crowd ever against an arch rival in Mississippi State Tuesday night. And they, they, they have tremendous confidence. They have tremendous energy. It will be more hostile in Oxford than it was in Tuscaloosa or Starkville. Uh, because those fans know Wes Flanagan is on that staff, and Allen used to play at Auburn, and you know they don't like Bruce, and that's fine. And they have some now belief in their program, and they're having a good year. So I think it'll be the biggest of the road tests so far for Auburn uh, Saturday afternoon. And you just got to hope that you know in these two games that they lost last week against Alabama and Mississippi State, they had leads in the second half. The leads didn't last long, but they had leads. You're still trying to find the guy that's going to take the shot to get you over the hump at the end. And you can, at this point, your hope is you've learned from those two losses on the road last week, and you can take something from them and apply them to this game in Oxford Saturday night. But it is another truly, truly um, large test for this team. Tip-off set for 5 p.m. over in Oxford. Uh, you can find that radio broadcast here locally in Auburn, Opelika, over on our sister station, Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. Airtime 4.30. Uh, they'll be tipping off at 5 o'clock on the road. Uh, Brad, coming up tonight, a big, big night once again inside of Neville Arena on the women's side of things as Coach Johnny Harris and that team hosting the number one team in the country, the South Carolina Gamecocks. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the team that is number one in the SEC in offense in South Carolina against the number one team defensively in Auburn. Now, South Carolina is only a few tenths of a, of a point per game behind Auburn defensively, um, but it is. It's, that's your marquee billing. It's the number one offense against the number two defense and really can't stress enough how good the South Carolina team is. Um, not only are they scoring 90 and 100 against teams, but they're holding them down to under 70 and under 60. And when you look at their schedule and some of their scores, they're just they're ridiculous is what they are. Um, more dominant than South Carolina teams of the past. And I'm actually doing this game um, for SEC Network Plus tonight. Yeah. And so I had a, I had a chance to go talk to Don, uh, Don Staley earlier today at their shoot-around. And one of the questions we had was, all right, what do you see out of Auburn? And I think... So I say that about South Carolina to then turn and give this respectful comment to Auburn and say, I was really impressed. What she had to say about Auburn was, they don't care. They don't care who you are. They don't care what your record is. They don't care how tough you want to be. They will match or exceed your toughness. I think she knows that uh, that her team 
could very well be in for a challenge tonight and could have a fight on their hands, um, you know, as, as late as you want to go in this ball game. Uh, nobody will give Auburn much of a chance in this game tonight, but nobody gave Auburn a chance against LSU. Nobody gave him a chance against Ella, uh, against Tennessee a couple of years ago. And, um, uh, I'm I'm very curious to see how this plays out and what kind of environment is created once again at Neville Arena for a team that's won three straight home games in the league. Yeah, you'll be on the call with J.J. Jackson on SEC Plus, so congratulations to you. That's going to be a lot of fun doing the uh, the streaming television broadcast. The radio broadcast will be over on AU100, that's 100.3 FM, with Britt Bowen. Uh, he'll be uh, on the call there. And then uh, Tiger Talk also happening tonight before the game. Is that right, Brad? Yes, yeah, six o'clock. Baumhauer's Victory Grill. And if you're if you're not going to the women's game, like if you have a chance to go to the women's game, go to it. Check it out in person. If you're not going there, or if you want to come to the show early and, and then leave in time for tip off, uh, Baumhauer's Victory Grill tonight, six o'clock. We got a couple of student athletes coming out, as well as head coach Bruce Pearl. Cheney Johnson is going to be there, so he and Coach Pearl will handle the men's basketball side of things. And then Sophia Groth is going to be there to talk gymnastics and the quad meet. Uh, that is tomorrow night at the arena. So, um, yeah, we really encourage you. If you if uh, if you can't be at either place in person, then obviously we want you to listen on the radio. But uh, we'd love to have you join either uh, or uh, either of those events in person if you can. Yeah, Tiger Talk over at Baumhauer's. That'll be at six o'clock on the radio. Wings ninety four three. WingsFM.com. Women's basketball tonight. All sorts of things going on in the basketball this weekend as well. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network is with me every Thursday here on ESPN one hundred six seven. As always, Brad, we appreciate you and your time. And hey, have fun on television tonight. We'll give it a shot. For sure, uh, we'll uh, we'll have fun no matter what. I appreciate it, Jake. Awesome. Thank, thanks so much. That's Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Again, he's with me every Thursday starting at 2.30 talking all things Auburn athletics. Man, what a busy night for Auburn tonight with Tiger Talk. Andy Burch from Jacob Hillman will be uh, at Baumhauer's Victory Grill. That's his Wings 94.3, wingsfm.com and the Wings 94.3 app. That'll start at 6. Women's basketball hosting number one, South Carolina. And a good friend of mine, Britt Bowen, will be on the call for that on AU 100, 100.3 FM and the AU100 app. Christian Griffin will be the uh, studio engineer. He'll be doing the halftime show for that as well. And then, yeah, as Brad was telling us, uh, him and J.J. Jackson will be on the SEC Plus uh, call for women's basketball. So, no reason for you not to tune in to something tonight when it comes to Auburn Athletics. We'll be right back taking a, a last break, wrapping up hour number one. Phone lines are back open. Give me a call, 334-321-1390. On the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. We appreciate Brad Law joining us from the Auburn Sports Network. He's with me every Thursday. Had a lot to talk about today uh, with Auburn basketball beating Vanderbilt last night, previewing the Ole Miss game coming up this weekend. Uh, Auburn, uh, what a crazy stat that I just kind of stumbled upon that I was looking at the schedule a seven game stretch for Auburn basketball and only four different opponents they've played they're going to play Vanderbilt twice Ole Miss twice and Alabama twice and then they play Mississippi State squeezed in the middle of them like we couldn't we couldn't find a better uh we couldn't find a better 
separation of the schedule when it came to that. I don't know. Kind of weird. But anyway, uh, we appreciate Brad joining us. Big night tonight uh, for Auburn women's basketball as well, hosting number one, South Carolina. Uh, Tiger talk tonight, all that good stuff. So be sure you go and check all of that out. Got a couple of minutes here before we uh, wrap up this uh, first hour. We'll have Chris Gordy coming up with us for hour number two, uh, the host of Locked on SEC. Uh, He'll join us for that talking all things southeastern conference we'll get to that some in the second hour as well kind of looking at some some results from uh, college basketball from last night from tuesday a couple of games on monday as well as we kind of get towards the weekend where we have three top 10 matchups on saturday um in college basketball so i'm um, very very excited for that but so many big results around the sec and college basketball uh, that we're going to talk about coming up in our number two but hold on just a second because there was some news today in the NFL that the Washington Commanders hired Dan Quinn, okay, from the Cowboys, the coordinator from the Cowboys. Why? You're telling me that's the best guy they could find? You're telling me that the Washington Commanders, a pro, not a program, an organization that has been an embarrassment because they just can't get out of their own way. And out of all the people out there, Bill Belichick's still looking for a job. Mike Vrabel still looking for a job. And they said, yeah, well, we're going to go hire this guy. Okay, I don't get it. I don't think that's a great hire, but you know what? Good, good for them, I guess. If that's who they truly wanted uh, for you NFL fans, you know what I'm getting at here. I mean, you're getting the defensive coordinator who, I don't know, uh, just doesn't, I don't think it's going to work. I really don't. I don't think it's going to work, but more power to him, I guess. And with that, he is now another head coach. He was the coach of the Falcons from 2015 to 2020. What is up with NFL, NBA, NHL, professional sports teams? They have fallen in love with hiring failed head coaches. Oh, You didn't do so hot at that place? Why don't you come in here and see if it works out? And then they're confused why it didn't work. They all do it. NFL does it. NBA, NHL, they all do it. It's insane. I don't get it. And with this hire, every coaching vacancy has been filled in the NFL. Bill Belichick doesn't have a job. Mike Vrabel doesn't have a job. I don't know, man. Kind of blew my mind, but had to get that off my chest. Hour number one in the book. Stay tuned. We'll talk college basketball and Chris Gordon coming up all on hour number two. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika sports leader. 
Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this 1st of February. Sun is shining. It's another beautiful day here in the Auburn Opelika area. Hour number one is in the books if you missed any of it here on the show. Today, you can find it with the podcast. You'll find it after the show on our station website at ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. We talked to Brad Law back in hour number one from the Auburn Sports Network. We talked some basketball in that first hour as well. We'll get to some more of that here in hour number two. And then Chris Gordy, uh, the host of Locked on SEC, your daily SEC podcast. Uh, He'll be joining us in about 30 minutes or so. Until then, phone lines are open. Give me a call. What's on your mind? We'd love to hear from you. 334 321 1390. And that's where we begin hour number two. And Terry, you're on the line. Hey, Jacob, how's it going? I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Who was that you were talking about the, at the end of the hour there, Jacob, the coaching-wise? I didn't catch that. Oh, uh, uh, Washington, the commanders in, in NFL football, they hired Dan Quinn, the uh, defensive coordinator from Dallas, who used to coach the Falcons uh, back in 2015. For, he coached for like five years until 2020. Uh, yeah, Washington hired Dan Quinn as their head coach today. Didn't, didn't that's where um, Eric Bieniemy went? Because he thought the opportunity was greater to be head coach? Yeah. That's what I thought. And, and, and so my rant was – why do and I, I firmly believe this that is not just a rant that is a firm belief it baffles me that professional sports teams are just so in love with the idea of a formerly failed coach they're like you know what you were terrible there but if you come here things are going to be different terry they're going to be different i believe it and then it never works out yeah they have turned a complete blind eye to let's by all means let's pull those resources Right. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. In the NBA this week, the Milwaukee Bucks hired Doc Rivers, who is terrible. He's they terrible. They a coach who was 30-13 and 13 and, and brought him in who was 0-2, right? Yeah, yeah, he lost his first couple of games. It, it, just, it, it blows my mind, Terry. I just don't understand it. I don't, yeah, you're talking about the basketball. That's what I want to talk about was basketball. Yeah. What was the stat line for Auburn's guard? Wasn't it like five points? Uh, yeah, so Auburn's two point guards, uh, Trey Donaldson had two, Aiden Holloway had one. Uh, when you look at just the point guards, Trey got the start last night, of course, and Aiden uh, was coming off the bench. Aiden had 15 minutes uh, off the bench uh, since he was not the starter. Uh, but guard-wise, are you talking, you want KD and Denver in there as well, or just the point guards? Uh, but all the guard play. Yes. I don't think KD scored much more than that. No, KD didn't have a great night either. Uh, KD had two points on 0 of 2 shooting, just 14 Very minutes, fine. had a had a steal, a couple of turnovers. So uh, he did, a, and his two points were on the free throw line. So um, KD had two, Aiden had one, and Trey had two. Uh, but Denver Jones obviously had his best night with 19. Oh, by the way, there were several over and backs called on Auburn's point guard. Uh, yeah, two of those belonged to Mr. Trey Donaldson. And Bruce talked about three. that. Yeah, or he did have three. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And um, Bruce talked about that in the uh, – in the in the, his post game press conference, and it really was just kind of baffling. And said, and Bruce said he just didn't know where he was on the floor. That kind of thing is just a lack of focus, quite honestly. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, lack of awareness, lack of focus, and maybe maybe un how do I say this unwanted, not unwanted, but maybe unknown pressure from Vanderbilt. Maybe didn't expect it. Unexpected. That's the word I was looking for. Unexpected pressure from Vanderbilt. And look, they turned him over a couple of times. And I mean, we're playing college ball, man. We can't have over and backs like that uh, happen in a game. 
Yeah, because I can go. You can go all season long. I see three, three all year, a little three in one game. Yeah, I mean, and the only ones you're going to see is if like the ball, you know, he dribbles it off his foot accidentally, or gets poked out, and he touches it, and it flies into the backcourt. But this was just stepping over the half court line and then back over it for an over and back call. Okay, let me say this: um, Ole Miss is a huge game because it's the next game. Mm-hmm. We all know that's a game Auburn needs to win. They need to prove they can win on the road. But there is absolutely no way in the world they can let Alabama come in here Wednesday and beat them. They can't let that happen. Nate Oates has got Bruce Pearl's number, so it wouldn't surprise me if they did, but it, it's not, it, it should not happen. They do a good job of taking advantage of batch-up issues against Auburn. Auburn needs to do the same. Yeah. They, they couldn't control Janiah Broom in the first game for all the, for all the, all the water in the world. Right. Yeah, no, and, and so Auburn has to. Take advantage of that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Auburn has to take advantage of that, play to their strengths, and shoot the open threes when they're there. You don't have to take one all the time. And and look, it very well could be a different game come next Wednesday night. And and yeah, it sounds like Terry, you're putting the uh, the old fashioned must win tag on the Alabama game next week. Must, must, must win. There you go. I think a lot of people feel the same way got nothing to do with my allegiance to Auburn and dislike of Alabama, but it's it's you cannot let your your biggest rival come into your house and beat you, and 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 the coaches, well, I mean, Nate Oates has had his number. Let's be honest, he's six and three. Yeah, and Alabama's come in here before and won, Terry. Yeah, last year. Mm-hmm. So you got to do that. And they got to, They got to, They that 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 stuff's inexcusable. Five points to the guard play and and those three over and back. Oh, totally inexcusable. And how many times have you heard this, Jacob? The backcourt guards win in March. Yes, they do. They absolutely do. And, and what's crazy... Like that you're not going to win much. Right. And what's crazy, Terry, is they've been playing high level. And and they, other than those just uncharacteristic turnovers from Trey Donaldson, the other guards didn't have a lot of turnovers, which is good. And, and I, I was talking about that in the first half where, yes, you had those turnovers from Trey, and no, you didn't get many points from Aiden, but those guys didn't turn the ball over a whole lot. And that it will win you games in March. And, and they've been playing well. Just got to turn it up a little bit. And last thing, Jake, the reason the Alabama game is a must-win is because it's it's a quad-one win if they can get it. Uh-huh. And, they, and need, they don't have one, and they need one. Correct. Auburn is still looking for their first. Appreciate it, Jake. Have a good day. Thanks so much, Terry. 334-321-1390. We'll go ahead and get to the phone lines once again. And, Andy, you're on the line, man. What's up? Hey, Michael. Um, I was watching the Georgia-Bama basketball game, and I thought Georgia would easily defeat them, but I guess Bama came back and, and beat them. Yeah, um, like, like they tend to do sometimes, Andy. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, glad I checked that. <laughs> well, Georgia beat them, so we can too. But um, That's right. I mean, they were beating them bad when I was watching. They were, up, they were up double um, digits in the second half, and Bama went on one of those runs, and, and that's all she wrote. That's that's scary. Um, I was calling two things. Uh I was listening to a guy the other day on a long drive, and um, he was talking about how a lot of NFL and NBA teams do not have to really win a lot. They don't have to fill the stands like they did in the good old days. Mm-hmm. It's just all in uh, TV ads. So I, and that I hate hearing that. That's because that's not. But it's not wrong. I mean, it's the MLB model too. I mean, I mean, look at look at the A's. They've been the laughing stock of Major League Baseball, but they're profitable. And and there's right, many right. NFL franchises that are that way. NBA's really becoming that way as their TV starts to grow a little bit. But yeah, NFL for sure. I mean, the money's in television. You know that. And if it looks blue and tastes blue, it's probably blue, and that's why they hire the same coaches because. You know, they kind of know what they're doing as far as the paperwork goes. They're not going to make too many waves. 
Yeah, and, and you know, it, it, it is a lot harder. I will say this. It's a lot harder for an NFL or an NBA or NHL where so there are so much money for one of those franchises to take a so-called risk when hiring a head coach, right? Because there is so much money involved and there's so much on the line other than just his contract. And so I understand that aspect of it. But, I mean, look, man, if the guy's failed three other places, do we really think it's going to work out at yours? Of course not. And I'm, I'm with you, and I'm glad you, you spoke up on that. Lastly, I know you didn't like when I called uh, the day before Cadillac got let go. Um, you don't like the rumor mill. But I was at Enterprise the other day renting a car, and um, as much as I love Enterprise, they were bogged down. So I talked to the person next to me, and it was the female tennis coach. And we had a good talk for about a 30-minute wait, and now I hear she got uh, let go pretty quick. So I don't want you to go against your integrity, but, um, you know, I'm sure the rumor is out there, but if you have any knowledge on that, I'm just uh, – curiosity is killing the cat on that one. I'd appreciate anything on that because that's definitely something odd. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Andy, there's there are there's nothing Yeah, yeah, appreciate the call, Andy. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Um on that, I mean look, you, you you've been listening to me long enough and and a lot of my people have, and that is a situation where it just doesn't there is nothing for me to say at this moment in this time. Um we everybody that wants to find information or find what you think is information, you can go and find it, right? Um there is at this point in time, I'm not. I'm choosing to not say anything about it um, because I don't fully know what's true and what's not. And until that is the case, that doesn't benefit me at all on this on this station on this show for my personal attribute and for my you know for my personal whatever. Right. So um, I, I appreciate you asking the question, Andy. I do. I wish there was more that I could give you, but I just I don't even have all the information. I don't. And so until that case, until that point comes out or whatever, we'll just have to leave it at that, unfortunately. Um, and that happens, man. That happens with coaching and, and playing. And, and look, we had we had situations like that with football last year, right over the summer. I mean, we had things going on. And, and until we get all the factual information, it just doesn't benefit anybody for me to come on here and talk about what may or may not be true. So, uh, Andy, I appreciate you calling in. Terry, you as well. Um, When it comes to some of the things those guys were saying as we continue talking a little basketball here in this second hour, 334-321-1390, you can be a part of it. Um, The guard play for Auburn, it's just so, so confusing, right? Because as I was telling Terry... No, they didn't outside of Denver because that was, at this point in time, that is a one-off situation. We have not seen 19 points from Denver Jones yet. Let's just be, let's just be real here, right? Other than that, the guard play has been solid, right? Aiden's had 20-point games, and you've seen KD have 15-point games, and you've seen Trey Donaldson handle the ball really well and getting significant minutes, getting starts now, right, over Trey Don- or over uh, Aiden Holloway, like, Good things are happening here with the guard play. Aiden's going through a slump. Trey had a bad night with the basketball in his hands. And it's pretty rare for one for any of us to ask KD Johnson to shoot the ball more. <laughs> I mean, that just doesn't happen a whole lot. Normally, he's good for some shots, right? It's going to come. It's going to happen. I'm not overly concerned. But Terry is spot on when talking about you have to have elite, not decent, not good, 
elite guard play to win in March, to win in the NCAA tournament, because the guards are what facilitate everything. Offense, defense, transitions, everything. They are what makes a team go. And if they are playing elite, it's really hard to lose in the NCAA tournament. 334-321-1390. We'll get to the phone lines once again. Uncle Ollie, you're on the line, man. What's up? Good afternoon. How are you? I'm good, man. What's up? Good. Good. Hey, a couple of three things. One, the game last night. It's hard to believe they win by 27. And it's still, to me, they still don't look like they did back during that 11-game run. Yeah. Yeah, last night, even they're standing around, not moving. That 11-game run, it was constant energy. Everybody was running. The passes. I mean, we would have five passes before we took a shot. Mm-hmm. And then last night I'm watching them, and they're just standing around. I, I don't know what switch went off, but I, it, they just don't seem the same. It's just hard to put my finger on it. Yeah, that, that seems to be, you know, there, there's a word for that. I think it's complacency, Uncle Owie. I really do. Um, I think that got into them a little bit. I don't think this team is lazy by any means. I don't think they're, you know, not – Uh, basketball IQ smart or or anything like that. I think they're a very intelligent team, a very talented team, and a very disciplined team. But I do think it's easy when you're beating up on teams like Penn and you get a big win at Arkansas before we realize that they just weren't all that good and you beat Vanderbilt and Ole Miss. Like It's easy for those things to happen, and I think they got humbled last week. Well, the the one thing I keep trying to convince myself of is every team – goes through a lull mm-hmm. and fortunately if the, the final four year we had the same sort of lull and uh and then we put it all together at the end so i'm just hoping we're in one of those lulls that teams get into and then everything starts clicking again but uh the, the other thing that i wanted to talk about is uh i don't know if you heard it or not and i actually went online to confirm it but the Seahawks are actually considering Ryan Grubb as their offensive coordinator. Interesting. Okay, I uh, I will admit I don't think I've seen anything about that, and so um, yeah, it came that, out about an hour ago. It's not saying that he's going right. They're considering they are, it. Okay, they are interested in him uh, becoming the offensive coordinator, which would put him back in Seattle. Okay, I, I just thought that would be quite. Uh, yeah, uh, just another upsetting the apple cart over there. If that were to happen, and he leaves three weeks later and heads back to Seattle, yeah, for an NFL job. Yeah, according to uh, Greg Bell, I just I just googled it on Greg Bell on X. He's a Seahawks beat writer. Uh, he tweeted out, uh, yeah, about thirty minutes ago, said Ryan Grubb, ex Washington Huskies play caller who left Washington with Coach Kalen DeBoer to Alabama, is one candidate uh, that the Seahawks and their GM are considering for their offensive coordinator job interesting i have not seen that that is that 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 is some 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 juicy news there man yeah so i just thought that was quite interesting i I heard it and i said this might be rumors so i googled it and then i saw it you know, NBC Sports reporting. I said, well, that's reputable enough. It's not just a rumor. Yeah, and apparently Pro Football Talk was the one that reported it first. That's who Greg Bell retweeted it from. And, man, let me tell you this. That Ryan Grubb is something else. He is a really, really good coach. And he's a guy that he – look – he told Nick Saban to kick rocks a couple of years ago to stay with DeBoer at Washington, and now he followed him to Washington. But, man, when the NFL comes calling, man, it's hard to turn that down. Absolutely. 
Well, all right, man. You have a good day. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate the call. 334-321-1390. We'll talk about all that and more as we take our first break here in hour number one. Last chance to get in. Last segment before Chris Gordy joins us. Come on in. 334-321-1390. We'll have another segment on the other side. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the studio here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Great phone calls today so far. I appreciate you all doing that. And and this is your uh, – got a couple of minutes. Here's your last warning here. If you want to call in, be a part of the show, 334-321-1390 because uh, it's Thursday, which means Chris Gordy will be joining us in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, he'll be joining us. He is the host of Locked on SEC. Uh, make sure you check that out as well, man. He does a fantastic job. Daily content covering the Southeastern Conference. We'll be talking basketball with him uh, some football news uh, and a whole lot more going on around the Southeastern Conference. But again, you can come on in 334-321-1390. And uh, to get to the point that Uncle Ali was just talking about a second ago, how about that? Ryan Grubb, he's not going there. He's in consideration for the Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator job. And for those of you that are saying, who is that? Well, that's the former Washington Huskies offensive coordinator who was on the staff that went to the national championship game, who then left Washington when Ryan DeBoer left Washington to go to Alabama to be the head coach. He brought his offensive coordinator with him because, yes, he is just that good. And so interesting that it's being reported he is in the running for that job. And can we just sit back for a moment and just think about, let's play our favorite game. All right, let's play it. You know what it is, the what-if game. What if Ryan Grubb decides to leave Alabama and go and be the Seahawks offensive coordinator? Do we think that there will be a rational response out of Tuscaloosa? Do we think there will be an understanding of, well, he just got a better opportunity. Good for him. Do we really think that's going to happen? Do we think they're going to convince themselves that everything is fine in Tuscaloosa? Probably, but it's not. And if, if he does decide to go, is that the end of the world? No, the man's never coached a game there. But he is a really good offensive mind. And that would leave DeBoer in Alabama in a spot to be looking for a new guy. And I don't know where they go. I don't. I don't know where they would go. Um, it, was, it was pretty, uh, maybe not 100%, but it was a pretty heavily favored thing that, Grubb was going to go with DeBoer when he got hired at Alabama because I said this earlier Grubb interviewed or I guess I don't think he interviewed Saban wanted him and he said no I'm not going anywhere I'm staying with my guy I'm staying with DeBoer so that's a pretty strong flex in itself and the fact that the Seahawks want him they could use him let me just say that Seattle could absolutely use him and maybe he'll go And there's a good chance he'll make more money in the NFL because that's how that works. So interesting there. Thanks, Uncle Ali, for for bringing that up. I had not seen that uh, being reported in really in the last hour or so. Uh, So I had not seen that. So thanks so much for that. Had good calls from Andy and uh, and, um, Terry as well in this first hour and really talking a lot of basketball. And, you know, it's been brought up, and I said it myself, you know, Auburn basketball – won by 27 points last night 27 points 
and an SEC win. That's impressive. You take the logos out of it, you take the records out of it, and an SEC team, or any Power Six conference, when you get a win inside your conference in Power Six basketball, and you win by 27 points, that is is impressive. All right, but then you start filling in the color a little bit. You start coloring in the logos and start writing the numbers down and start looking at some resumes and some numbers. You're like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But it's still impressive to win a game by 27 points in conference play at the end of January. But it didn't feel like 27 points. And I know there's a big group of Auburn fans, and rightfully so, that get to that point and they're like, can we just appreciate a 27-point win in the SEC? Yeah, absolutely. You should. Coming off a two-game losing streak, you should absolutely appreciate that win last night. With a road game coming up and the tough road that Auburn has ahead of itself, you better enjoy that win from last night because I don't know how many more Auburn's going to get. It's a tough stretch they're about to go through. And if you haven't looked at it, you should. And college basketball is not easy right now. The SEC is not easy right now. We're going to talk about all that with Chris Gordy coming up in a few minutes, but just to give you an idea, look at what happened in this conference last night. Auburn took care of Vanderbilt, sure. But the number 10 team in the country, the Kentucky Wildcats, hosted a sneaky, nasty, good Florida team and lost to them in overtime. Because Kentucky didn't foul up three late. They let Florida hit a three with about three seconds to go. And they sent it to overtime. And the Gators got it done in Rupp Arena 94-91. You look what else happened over in Athens. A trending up team in Georgia who has already gotten some big wins and will not be an easy team to beat for anybody that goes up against them. Had Nate Oates and Alabama on the ropes all night long. They were up 41-27 at the half. 14-point lead. Yeah, they blew it. They gave up 58 points to Alabama in the second half in their own building. And Georgia blew it, and they lose 85-76. to And so you look at that, and you look around this conference, look at what happened on Tuesday. South Carolina went on the road to Tennessee. 63-59, a win for a really good South Carolina team over the number five team in the country. It's a tough conference, man. Wins don't come easy. And I know Vanderbilt's winless. I know Missouri's winless. I know Arkansas's got one or two thanks to their win over Missouri last night. I believe that gives them two. But still, the middle of this conference is brutal. Look at college basketball. So for those of you that have set up in the camp of we should appreciate every time Auburn basketball wins because they were horrible for so long, you're absolutely right. I appreciate the win last night because I'm willing to say that pretty much from here on out, there are no guaranteed wins. There are none other than maybe Missouri. This Saturday is not. Next Wednesday is not. That a lot of people, including Terry, have said it's a must-win game versus Alabama next Wednesday. On the road at Florida, that's already got me worried. South Carolina coming here, they don't care to play on the road. Kentucky here, still a good team, don't be fooled. At Georgia, had Alabama last night, they just couldn't close. At Tennessee, Auburn's terrible at Thompson Bowling. 
and then Mississippi State, Missouri, and Georgia. You get what I'm saying here? Appreciate the wins because I don't know how many more are left. And I say that not in a negative way, but there's a lot of basketball to be played, folks. And Auburn's got a lot of improving to do. Guard playing, got to get better. Consistency, got to get better. Buying in has to get better. We'll talk about all that and a whole lot more with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. He'll join us. We'll talk about everything going on around the conference after this. Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Thursday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 1067. I'm your man Jacob Goins with you on this Thursday afternoon. And as we always do on a day like today, we've got Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, joining us. Chris, how are you, man? What's up? Doing good, man. Just uh, just uh, got out of Mobile from the Senior Bowl the last couple days. It was good to catch up with some of the uh, SEC guys there. And uh, we'll have some of those conversations posted in the coming days to, uh, uh, to to lock on SEC. Didn't get a chance to catch up with Hugh Freeze. I know uh, my buddy Zach was over there and a couple other people. But I did catch up with uh, Kalen DeBoer, even got a question in for him. And, uh, you know, it was uh, kind of funny. A little scrub of about 20 people all huddled around this guy wearing – uh, the the you know crimson colors, but still feels weird to call him the Alabama head coach. But yeah, it was a good uh, good couple productive days down there at uh, the Senior Bowl. Yeah, what uh, what can you tell us from down there? Anybody that highlights? Of course, we got a couple of Auburn guys down there that were uh, participating in the Senior Bowl. Uh, what'd you get from down there? Yeah, the um, I mean, I, I actually got to watch a good bit of the Auburn guys, and uh, man, I approach it. It's it's just his speed is just sick i mean he's he's got nfl speed no doubt so uh it was funny there was you know a couple drills where you would see a couple of auburn helmets in there um you know jalen simpson dj james all those guys and uh you know everywhere you looked uh, when when the american team was out there with sec helmets just about everywhere so uh good to see them good to see marcus harris and um yeah i mean uh, look there, there's going to be it, the it's great talent to send to the NFL, but like when I see that many Auburn DBs out there, it just resonates. You know, hey, Auburn's got a, they're going to have a lot of new faces there at secondary next year, um, you know, and, and, and new defensive coordinator and everything else. So, yeah, it's, um, it's always fun to be down here. And, and again, it's just, it's so funny that American team, when they hit the practice field, about, you know, 70% of the roster is SEC guys. So it's just always funny to see all the, all the guys who, who went on and, you know, had great careers in the, in the conference. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of talent that left a, a six-win Auburn team, Chris. <laughs> it is. I mean, keep in mind, it was a team that uh, had won a couple in a row at one point before uh, before they lost a couple more. But, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's funny, though. I mean, the, the, the defense wasn't the issue outside of the, uh, the fourth and, and goal from the 31. Of course. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, we're still hearing about that in February, Chris. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's not—it's not, it's not going to go away. It's so funny too because I was talking with some people how quickly times change. You know, like Auburn's uh, defensive coordinator is now at Florida. Their DB coach is now at, at Houston. The 
uh, Alabama wide receiver who caught the pass is now at Texas. Like, it's just so funny how quick things changed and changed from just a couple of weeks ago uh, from that one play. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, they, look, I, I get it. You know, the, the big discussion at the Senior Bowl was about D.J. Durkin, and, and I think I was on your show a week or so ago and, you know, had mentioned his name. I'd been hearing that, that you know, that, that, that this was probably going to happen. Um, and Durkin is a good defensive mind. I mean, he, he had some nice seasons there at A&M and, and at uh, Ole Miss. And so I think he's a good good defensive coordinator. It's just people will always bring up his time at, at Maryland and, of course, the you know tragic death of the player under his watch and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, I do think in terms of the names that are out there and available, I do think D.J. Durkin is a good hire. But I'm uh, going to be very curious to see how the offense works with, um, you know, with bringing in Derek Nix and, you know, Lane or Hugh already saying that he's going to call the plays. I was talking to somebody about that. They said, yeah, well, basically, like, Lane has to come out. For them to get him out of Ole Miss, they had to basically set, put in the verbiage of the contract that he will call the plays, even though it's kind of understood that he's probably still going to do it. But um, no, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But I, I do like I'd like the Durkin hire. I think he can do a good job there. So we'll see. Yeah, how to uh, with that with that hire Auburn officially fills out their their staff coming into year two. I mean, you mentioned a couple of guys already hired. Some big names have left this Auburn program, and we're going to get uh, to some more SEC talk here in just a minute. But how do you feel about uh, most of these coaches that have been brought in? It seems like you know this is quote Hugh Freeze's guys, and so uh, what's kind of the the temperature check on on the outside? Yeah, it's um, you know it, it, this is going to be a big year for for Hugh. Um, it just it, it talking with some people around at the Senior Bowl. That what I love about the Senior Bowl is it's a great mix of college people and NFL people. Like mm-hmm. everywhere you go, there's there's coach, there's college coaches, there's college media. There's it's just a weird hodgepodge and mix of everything. But yeah, a lot of people say it. I mean, look, it's this is this is a big year for for you. I mean, they they obviously they have to see improvement in um you know in the win total that that has to happen, but. I think everybody's looking at it and saying, you know, the, the biggest compliment on Hugh was how great the offense and how great the quarterback play was in his time at Ole Miss and, you know, being able to beat Alabama and Nick Saban a couple of times. And then at Liberty, the, the most consistent thing there was the quarterback play. I mean, look, Malik Willis ended up, you know, becoming an NFL draft pick being coached by Hugh Freeze. And so, uh, obviously, what they saw, you know, what we saw this past year, the quarterback play was not up to par. And so, you know, I know Hugh kind of made a joke out of it and said, uh, you know, the Twitter world had me taking everybody in the portal. And uh, he said, if a quarterback went in the portal, I started immediately getting messages, oh, this has to be the one. But I think if they do not add a, a quarterback here in the spring, I think they're making a making a big mistake. So mm. uh, still, plenty of time, still plenty of time to happen. We know the 8A game is going to be, what, uh, April 6th? So, um, you know, plenty of time, plenty of things that can happen between now and then. But uh, – I just I don't know, man. I just feel like if you're if you're banking on putting all your 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 money on on Peyton Thorne this season being the guy, I just I wonder if that'll be the not the death knell of a few freeze, but you know if this season goes sideways, man, there's gonna be a lot of angry people and a lot of people calling for his head already. 
Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, with us here on ESPN 1067. Uh, other news going on around the SEC. You've got Tennessee being investigated for some NIL violations. I mean, no shocker there about teams, not just Tennessee, just teams in general being in NIL trouble and, and how it's already coming about. Um, you also, one of my listeners actually informed me of this during my show on the air about uh, Ryan Grubb possibly being in the running for the Seahawks offensive coordinator job, man. Yeah, how about that? I, I, I saw that uh, this afternoon, too, and I just I thought it was so interesting because, you know, here's, uh, here's Kalen DeBoer trying to right the ship, trying to keep everything, um, you know, guys from hitting the portal and trying to keep everything consistent and going at Alabama. And, and you know, now it's one of the guys who's coming with it to be one of his coaches, you know, made the part. Um, it just... I don't think it's going to happen, but, you know, because Mike Florio is about 50-50 when he puts stuff out there, you never know. It's hit or miss with him. But it is kind of interesting because uh, it is, you know, in Seattle, and it's where he uh, has been working with Washington. And so, you know, it's appealing. You wouldn't have to move. You can stay there. Your wife, kids, everybody can stay there. And you just slide over to the NFL ranks. And it's very interesting because that was the big hubbub on talking with people out there at the Senior Bowl is that, there are a lot of college coaches getting fed up with um, the current landscape of college football, with the, with NIL, with the transfer portal. It's not that they don't support it. It's just that it's the wild, wild west right now. And now you got the NCAA wanting to come up, come on the back end and, you know, uh, come come after collectives and, and, and punish schools over it. Uh, it's a crazy time, and it's a big reason why Nick Saban decided to get out when he did. And it's a big reason why we just saw Boston College's head coach jump ship to go be the D.C. for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Uh, it would not shock me at all if Ryan Grubb says, you know what, I don't want to have to deal with this down in Alabama. If things don't go right, they're going to run me out of town. And we got to deal with, you know, transfer portal, kids jump and ship, all this. I'll go to the NFL where the money's good and we don't have to deal with all the drama. So um, it, it is absolutely a trend that's, that's happening. And so, yeah, if Ryan Grubb does – ultimately decide to do it i don't think he will at this at this point but wouldn't shock me at all i mean it's a growing trend man and as you said it's just so many college coaches just they're over it man i mean and not just football basketball and baseball i mean you're seeing so many guys just get out of the sport because of what it's become because of how difficult it is uh to to be a legitimate effective coach uh, in the college game and and as we talk with chris gordy uh from the locked on sec podcast let's transition here uh into basketball because man what what a, a wild ride this has been so far uh, in sec play you've got teams like auburn and alabama who are who are rolling and then going go on tough stretches you have Kentucky who nobody can figure out what they are and then of course Arkansas still kind of down there at the bottom man sum it all up from what you've seen over the last week or so yeah it's it's just been wild it's 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 uh the SEC eating its own which which happens you know a lot of years you get to the middle of the season and the teams that are you know you think are the really good teams start losing to to other, you know, middle tier teams. And, uh, you know, I think that's what we're seeing. I mean, Florida, you know, they're, they're not bad 15 and six overall. They're above 500 in the conference, but they go in a Rupp arena and pull out an overtime win last night. Um, you know, Alabama falls behind big on the road to Georgia last night. And I see all these people, Oh man, you know, Alabama, they're getting killed. And then here they come and they rally and, and outscore them, what 58, 35 in the second half. And Bama gets a nice road win over a pretty good Georgia team. Um, you know, Arkansas, I don't think all their problems are fixed. 
Missouri is just terrible. So again, that, that was one they had to win. And, you know, I felt the same way about Auburn too. On the two game losing skid, you had to, you had to beat a, a, a really bad Vanderbilt team and they did just that. And so Missouri and Vanderbilt both sit you know, at the bottom of the conference winless, but um, I still think, you know, look, Alabama's been, been really good as advertised. South Carolina has been the surprise of the conference. Obviously nobody saw this happening. Uh, Lamont Paris has done an awesome job there at 18 and 36 and two in the conference, but I still think Auburn's in good shape. I think Tennessee's in good shape. Uh, and then the question is, you know, can Kentucky string the goes some wins and get back into the top two or three of this conference? I still think they can. Um, but then you got your old misses, your Floridas, your ADAMs, LSUs, all those schools, you know, teetering around 500. And, and can one of those teams make a push and, and get the SEC? You know, I, I think it was a few weeks ago somebody said that, that they wouldn't be shocked if the SEC got six teams in, in the tournament. Um, there's some work left to do if that's going to happen. Yeah, there is. And it's just the problem. You mentioned it at the start is the fact that the SEC, like other conferences around college basketball, the Big 12 does it every year. The Big Ten starting to do it right now. Pac-12 gets into that that mix as well. They just eat each other alive. There's too many good teams out there, Chris. Right. Yeah, look, there's uh, there's no shame in going on the road and, and losing in a tough environment in the conference against a really good team. I mean, um, you know, that, that loss at Alabama a week ago, I thought, you know, that that's a good loss for Auburn. But then going on the road and losing at Mississippi State, man, that, that was like their Super Bowl. They were amped up for that one. The stadium was, was rocking and all that. So you're going to get everybody's best shot. Uh, Auburn's going to get Ole Miss's best shot coming this Saturday. It's a, it's a really good Ole Miss team. So, um, yeah, it's just it's, it's playing on the road in the SEC is, is, is never easy. And, uh, you know, that's why I look at the back end of Auburn's schedule. And you got to go to Georgia. you got to go to Tennessee. Uh, there's some potential pitfalls there. So uh, the best thing, though, is you, you just want to bounce back. You lose a game, bounce back, string together a win or two. And, um, you know, the, the pitfall you don't want to fall into is you lose two, three, four in a row, and suddenly you, you find yourself in the lower half of the conference. Yeah, three top ten matchups this Saturday in college basketball, one of those being number five, Tennessee, at number ten, Kentucky. We'll see if what their rankings look like come Monday since they both have tallied a loss. Um, but now they're going against each other inside of Rupp Arena where Kentucky just lost um, to Florida last night. I mean, what a massive, massive game. One of the biggest ones of the year. Yeah, and it's one that, that Kentucky should have. I mean, they should have defended better at the end of regulation and, and, and should not have, have lost, but uh, you look at the kid from Tennessee and what he's doing. Dalton Connect has been like one of the best stories. I mean, they're talking about him in contention, not just for SEC player of the year, but national player of the year. Uh, dude's a, dude's a freak, so, man. He's, he's been awesome. He's been, you know, kind of this kid out of nowhere. Like, you know, who is this? But uh, he's been fun to watch. He's been awesome. And, and obviously, Auburn's got their fair share guys, Alabama and, and everything else. But you're right. There's some really good matchups this weekend. Uh, probably the best one. We get Missouri at Vandy. Uh, something has to give. Both teams winless in the conference. Shut so up. That'll be big. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to win a, win a game there. But uh, I don't know. You know. Arkansas goes. Yeah, I was just going to say Arkansas goes to LSU. Like LSU has been kind of this up and down team. But Arkansas, my God, like the expectations on them, and when they came into the season, sitting at two and six in the conference, like Musk has got to start stringing together some wins if they if they have hopes to make the tournament. So. You know, it's you hate to say it already, but some some teams are already staring down in the face of my God. You, you lose a couple more, and you're completely out of this thing. 
Yeah, yeah, and that's where we are as we turn the calendar to February. It is the most important month before March gets here in college basketball. So many great games and great teams in the SEC, and nobody talks about it or covers it better than Chris Gordy, who hosts the Locked On SEC podcast every single day. Chris, tell them where they can find it and what you got coming up. Yeah, just search uh, Locked On SEC wherever you get your podcast. We uh, caught up with a couple guys at the Senior Bowl on uh, – Yesterday's episode, we had Anaya Smith from Texas A&M, Justin Aboyby from Alabama, and uh, Andrew Phillips from Kentucky. So all those are up there on the podcast now. And uh, a little bit longer interviews we got some, with some of the other guys we'll have in the next few days, like Chris Braswell, the Alabama linebacker. Um, gosh, uh, Cedric Johnson from Ole Miss. So, yeah, able to catch up with some, some dudes and just kind of look back on the year in the SEC and kind of look ahead. Uh, to, to what we're looking forward to next year in the SEC with a lot of these guys moving on. So uh good be fun. And uh, like I said, I, I think good everything I heard at the Senior Bowl was a good week for the Auburn guys. So that's always good. Awesome, man. Well, hey, we appreciate your time, and I know you're a busy man. And, hey, we'll talk to you next week. More basketball and then uh, baseball getting up in, in this month, Chris. Isn't that wild? Yeah, and, and I love what the SEC announced today with the uh, – Going to go to, in 2025, with all the teams in, they're going to go to a single elimination SEC tournament, but mm-hmm. everybody makes it, so I like that. Yeah, you do, are you a fan of that? You, you like how that how they are changing that up? Yeah, because they said that the top four seeds will basically get a double bye. I mean, think of how important it'll be to, to be in the top of the conference now. I mean, that is, that, that's huge moving forward, but it also puts teams in a less compromising situation where you used to have to come out of the double elimination bracket and Oh, I already burned my ace and my Saturday starter. Now where do I go? It makes it a little bit more manageable. Yeah, absolutely. That It was kind of a disaster. So looking forward to that, Chris. We'll be talking to you about that and more uh, starting next week. Absolutely. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks so much. That's Chris Gordy, host of Locked.SCC. Go check it out wherever you get your podcasts, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Go check it out. Daily SEC content from the man, Chris Gordy. We'll take our final break, come back, and wind it down here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Winding down here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 1067. Been a great show today, man. We've had a lot of fun uh, with our two wonderful guests that we have every Thursday, Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. That was back in hour number one. And then uh, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, just got done talking with him about everything going on around the SEC. So if you missed any of those two guys or any of our other topics of conversation, lots of great phone calls today, interesting topics. We've touched on college basketball. We've touched on an NFL a little bit, a couple of NFL notes actually uh, here on the show today. And then uh, some football news as well just a great show today Uh, so if you missed any of it be sure that you go and catch up with the podcast after the show today that'll be posted wherever you get your podcast or you can find it on our station website at espnau.com coming up tomorrow it is a free-for-all Friday on on the show. I'll be here with Uncle T-Bone. We'll be back together again after a hiatus from me yesterday. Uh, I was I was working yesterday, I promise. I was working calling Lee Scott basketball. So uh, we will be back tomorrow for a free-for-all Friday. We'll be talking all the biggest college basketball games coming up this weekend, including Auburn and Ole Miss. The games this weekend include Auburn, Ole Miss, Arkansas, LSU, South Carolina, Georgia, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Florida, Texas, 
Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Alabama, and Tennessee and Kentucky. So we'll be talking about those, taking your phone calls, talking anything else that may break between now and then. Um, Lots of things to get to. And yeah, I mean, you just never know, man. You never know what's going to happen. As we turn the months of February, so much more uh, to cover. And again, I appreciate you being with me on the show today. Final thoughts as we kind of get out of here. As we wrap up the talk about Auburn Vanderbilt, uh, as we will be turning the page to Auburn Ole Miss, we'll probably have some football things to talk about tomorrow as well. But yeah, man, so many great things. And how about Chris telling us there right there that um, that SEC, and they did make the announcement today that the SEC baseball tournament will become single elimination. Everybody makes it starting next year uh, with the addition of, of Texas and Oklahoma. Look, if you're a baseball fan and you're an SEC baseball fan, that's huge news. I mean, it's really, really big news because like Chris alluded to there at the end, if you got to the tournament and you were not one of those top seeds that made a buy, you had to do everything you could just to get through to the next couple of rounds. And then by that point, all your pitchers are gone. Everybody's done. You're all worn out. And then you're using, I mean, you're literally throwing together bullpen guys with bubble gum and, and, and scotch tape trying to figure out a way to win a ball game. And guess what? That doesn't work at college baseball. So um, that's exciting news. And yeah, baseball starts this month, ladies and gentlemen. Exciting times, man. We're going to be talking so much baseball on the show, as well as basketball, football, you name it. We're going to have it here on the show each and every day for you. So thanks so much for being with me. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow, 2 to 4, Uncle T-Bone and I, for a free-for-all Friday here on ESPN 106.7. And uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow, 2 to 4, right here on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader ESPN. 1067. Until then, I'm Jacob Gowen. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.